welcome to C3 Church to Bukit. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full, and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Today I have a confession to make. There is something that has scared me as a child that still scares me now. I'm a bit embarrassed to say that maybe some of you already know what it is. I have a fear of dogs. Not cute, tiny, fluffy dogs. I'm okay with those types of dogs. The dogs I don't like are the big dogs with massive teeth and the ones with a loud, deep bark. Those dogs scare me. Now, I have tried to be brave to think about this rationally, saying things like, Rach, you are much bigger than these dogs. They are just saying hello. But as soon as I hear a dog bark, my body automatically wants to get away from that dog as fast as possible. Like when I'm walking down the street with my husband and I see a dog coming down the road, I will automatically walk, pretty much hide behind Emmanuel. Basically, my brain is thinking that if the dog is hungry and wants to eat someone, he can bite my husband. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but that's what fear does. It makes you do some crazy things. Fear comes in all shapes and sizes. Now, I just want to quickly say that there is one type of fear that is a healthy fear. That is the fear of the Lord, which means having a deep respect, reverence and awe for God's power and authority. As Christians, we are encouraged to walk in the fear of the Lord, which helps us to remain obedient to his commands and to yield to his plan for our lives. Today, we are focusing on the negative types of fear that we can face. And there are many different types of fears we can struggle with. You may not have an issue with dogs like I do, but maybe seeing a video of a snake sends shivers up your spine. Maybe the thought of standing on the edge of a tall building makes your stomach turn. You may have a fear of public speaking. Or maybe you just live in a constant fear that something bad is going to happen. During the last decade, FOMO has become something that we've had to contend with. Fear of missing out. And I think this is probably connected in many ways with social media which can lead us to wishing that we were somewhere other than where we are right now. There have been a number of different items added to the list of things that we may be fearing at this time as we face the impact of a global pandemic. In fact, not only are we facing the COVID pandemic, but there's also a corresponding fear pandemic. There's uncertainty about the future. There's the threat of sickness and even death and extra financial pressures. Fear can be debilitating. It has blanket-like qualities. There is a heaviness that comes with fear and it seeks to oppress us and weigh us down. And fear is often connected to some very strong emotions and thought processes. The threat of fear can be based on real life circumstances, but it can also be imagined. And many of the fears that we have are often just played out in our minds. They never actually eventuate. Fear can make us act irrationally. Of course, I would never wish for Emmanuel to get bitten by a dog instead of me. But my response to hide behind him whenever we walk past a barking dog gives us a glimpse of the types of irrational behaviors we can undertake when fear is driving our emotions and thought processes. 
Fear can be crippling and leave us feeling paralyzed. But God doesn't want us to live under the control of fear. God is not the author of fear and fear does not come from him. Rather, as followers of Christ, we have victory over fear. We can walk in freedom, we can walk in perfect peace, and we can walk with the confident hope about our future. Are you tired of having to fight against fear every day? Well, I have good news. We don't have to live under the weight of fear. We don't have to allow fear to dominate our thinking. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it states, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We have been given control over our thoughts and our fears. In order for us to be able to thrive in this pandemic season, we need to be able to have the ability to rise above the fears that are trying to overtake us. Today, I want to give us three practical keys to overcoming fear. These keys are applicable for any fears that you may be facing right now. So make sure you write them down somewhere so that you can refer to them later on. I know that as you make the decision to put these keys into practice, you will find your faith being revived. Those heavy burdens will be lifted off you and your hope will be renewed. It's time to take charge of those fear-driven emotions and thought processes and to walk in the victory Christ has won for us. Okay, are you ready for key number one? Here it is. Feed your faith. Faith is our number one weapon to combat fear. In Mark chapter 4, verses 37 to 40, we can read the story of how Jesus calms the storm. A ferocious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Fear is a natural human response when the storms of life come. And we see here that the disciples were faced with a furious storm. And their response was one of great fear. They even believed that they were going to drown. And they also questioned whether Jesus cared enough to save them from their impending doom. We see from Jesus's response that the disciples were afraid because they weren't operating in faith. He says to them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, you can overcome your fears by choosing a position of faith. But faith often takes a beating, so to speak, when we are facing a storm like we are at this time. So the first key to overcoming fear is feeding your faith. Every day we consume limitless information from a variety of sources. And some of these things feed our faith. That is that they encourage us and inspire us in our faith and beliefs about God's character and what he is able to do. And then there are other sources which feed our fears. Have you noticed how you feel after watching the news, for example? I remember there was a season in my mid-twenties where I was working a job, which meant I was home by 4pm. Now in Australia at that time, they had a news telecast at 4pm, then at 5pm on another channel, then 6 o'clock news on multiple channels, and then there was the 7 o'clock news. 
I would find myself turning on the TV when I got home and watching the news from 4 p.m. to after 7 p.m. And I noticed myself getting more and more anxious. I also started battling doubt about God's goodness as I was feeding myself with these negative fear-based news stories. And when I became aware of the impact it was having, I actually stopped watching TV altogether for a season. Even now, I limit the amount of news content I consume. Not that I don't want to know what's happening in the world, but rather because I don't like the way that many journalists use fear as part of their main agenda. When you spend time on social media, what types of feelings or emotions do you experience? Is your faith uplifted or do you find yourself feeling deflated? How about the movies or shows that you watch on Netflix or TV? Do you feel energized or somewhat numb to the things of God as a result of watching them? Are those things feeding your fears or feeding your faith? If you want to come out from under the weight of fear, if you want to stop being overwhelmed by worrying and anxious thoughts, then spend less time feeding your fears and more time feeding your faith. Maybe it's time for you to unfollow some people on Instagram or limit the amount of time you spend scrolling through your TikTok feed. Or maybe it's time to limit the number of nights you spend each week watching Netflix. As we take time to make adjustments in these areas that might be feeding our fears, we will notice a change in our overall mental health and outlook on life. There are so many ways that we can feed our faith. Of course, we can read the Bible. And I recommend reading the book of Acts or the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. They will inspire your faith. You could read the Psalms. I hear that Psalm 91 is a really good chapter to read. You could also meditate on Psalm 23. You could read Christian books and biographies or listen to podcasts or messages on YouTube. You could attend an online Christian conference or hang out with your Christian friends and talk about the good things that God is doing in your life. As you feed your faith, the influence of fear on your life will grow weaker and weaker and your faith will grow stronger and stronger. Key number two, declare the truth of God's word. Fear has a BFF. In fact, it has multiple best friends. Fear's best friends are lies. Whenever you experience fear, lies are more than likely going to be present. And often it's these lies that are driving our fear response. If we go back to my fear of dogs example, there are lies that are connected to my fear of dogs that drive my irrational behaviors. Subconsciously, I seem to believe the lie that every dog I see wants to bite me and that every barking dog is aggressive and will attack me. Fear distorts our reality and amplifies things that are not real. And it's important that as we address our fears, that we also address the lies that are connected to those fears. We can combat those lies with the truth of God's word. Paul describes the Bible, the word of God, as the sword of the spirit in Ephesians chapter 6. And in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the word of God is described as alive and active, even sharper than a double-edged sword. And we can cut through fear and its accompanying lies by declaring the truth of God's word. To illustrate the power that the truth of God's word has in overcoming fear, I want to share with you a personal story. Recently, Emmanuel and I got into an argument. 
like all married couples, there are areas we are still growing in. I actually don't quite remember what the argument was about, but I do remember that things just kept escalating the more and more we talked about it. We were both tired, one of the hard parts about having a newborn, and we were struggling with managing our emotions and trying to communicate what we wanted to say. The argument reached somewhat of a crescendo and some strong words were exchanged. Emmanuel went downstairs and I was left upstairs feeling rather emotional. It was in that vulnerable condition that the thoughts and feelings of fear started to arise. Being far from my family and being a new mom, I felt very alone, isolated and overwhelmed. Thoughts of, what if we can't work this out, started filling my mind. And these were some pretty heavy blanket-like fear-driven thoughts. I recognized quickly that I couldn't continue in these negative fear-driven thoughts. I couldn't remain in that place of fear. So I did what I knew to do. I cried out to God for his help and guidance. And as I sat on the bed, I had a passage of scripture come to mind, Isaiah 61. Now I know quite a few scriptures, but I'm not so good at remembering specifically where they are found. So I had no idea what the passage of scripture in Isaiah 61 was about until I opened it up on my Bible app. And I started reading from verse 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Then in verse 2, it said to comfort all who mourned. I was certainly feeling brokenhearted and a level of sadness. And those words spoke directly to my heart. I was immediately comforted. Now, I could have stopped there, but I felt like I needed to keep on reading. In verse 3, it says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. What a promise that God would exchange the difficult things that I was experiencing for good things. And this next part is what really stood out for me. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his honor. I felt a gentle whisper from the father saying, you and Emmanuel will be like oak trees, standing strong and tall and displaying my splendor. Immediately, those fear-driven lies of what if we can't work this out disappeared. As the truth of God's word resounded, I was reminded again of God's faithfulness in bringing Emmanuel and I together in the first place. I was reminded that it was him that orchestrated us to be together. And I knew that what he had started, he would be faithful to carry out to completion. That passage of scripture was powerful in pushing back the fear that was trying to overtake me. I was able to use those words of truth to cut through the lies about the future of our relationship. And I immediately had peace in my heart. It was from that place of hope that I was able to navigate through the reconciliation process with Emmanuel, with God's wisdom. I humbly asked Emmanuel for his forgiveness for the way I'd responded and the words that I'd spoken. And I was also able to forgive him for what he had said. That word from God spoke directly to my circumstance and was able to break the power that fear and its lies were trying to have over my life. 
I share this testimony with you today with the hope that you too, when faced with overwhelming fear, that you would be able to go to the scriptures and to grab a hold of the promises of God for your circumstance. The word of God is powerful at demolishing the fear strongholds that try and hold our hearts and minds captive. Whatever fear you are facing, there will be a promise from God in the scriptures that you can use to combat it. Take time to search for it and study the scriptures to find a word of truth that you can speak out against the fear that you are facing and its corresponding lies. The word of God surpasses the facts. It overrides the evidence. It brings light to the dark places and hope, peace and joy. The more you fill your mind with God's word, the more that you can use it to drive out the fear in your life. Declare his promises over your circumstances. Speak to that storm of fear and watch it be stilled. Declare his truth boldly. Key number three, receive God's love. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The more that we get to know God, the more we will understand his unconditional love for us. Sometimes we can have the wrong impression about God and his nature. We can think that he just wants to punish us anytime we do something wrong. But God is extremely loving in nature. In fact, God is love. His love is perfect, unlike any earthly love we could experience. And where his perfect love is, there is an absence of fear. And that's why it's so important for us to take time every day to sit and wait on God and receive his love. During this Revive and Thrive series, we have talked about the importance of dwelling in the shelter of the Most High, spending time daily in the presence of God. It's in the presence of God that we can experience the fullness of his perfect love. God doesn't just want us to know about how much he loves us. He wants us to experience his love for ourselves. Encountering the love of God is powerful, liberating, all-consuming and transformational. As we encounter the love of God, we get a glimpse of the way that God sees us and we are able to understand our true value and worth. God's love is perfect for driving out the different inner fears we can struggle with. Fears like the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of inadequacy or being judged, the fear that something bad is going to happen. I don't know about you, but I've certainly experienced each of these fears that I just listed. And it's not easy to bring yourself out from underneath the weight of these types of fears and the lies that they bring with it. Sometimes we can get stuck in a cycle of those negative thoughts and feelings. This passage in 1 John gives us insight into just how powerful the perfect love of God is in pushing back the feelings of fear that we may experience. That's why it's so important for us to take time daily to be still before God, to keep practicing the presence of God, to keep dwelling in Him and making Him our refuge. As we find rest in His shadow, as we come under the shelter of His loving arms, we will remain secure in His love. There is an exchange that takes place when we dwell in the presence of God. He replaces the fear of rejection we may have with his acceptance. We are adopted into his family and even called sons and daughters. He replaces the fear of failure we may struggle with, with his grace and mercy. 
striving is laid down as we experience his love, which is not based on the things that we do, but rather on who he is. The fear of inadequacy or being judged by others is replaced by his perfect love, which helps us to understand our true value and worth. The fear that something bad is going to happen is replaced with a peace that surpasses all understanding, as we see that in all things God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The more that we get to know God, the more that we will understand his unconditional love for us. As we take time to receive his love, we will see our fears overcome. In order for us to be able to thrive in this pandemic season, we need to be able to have the ability to rise above the fears that are trying to overtake us. Today we've covered three practical keys to overcoming fear. Key number one, feed your faith. Key number two, declare the truth of God's word. And key number three, receive God's love. I know that as you put these keys into practice, you will find your faith being revived. It's time to take charge of those fear-driven emotions and thought processes and to walk in the victory that Christ has won for us. You are free from the restraints of fear. You are free to thrive in your relationship with him, free to run the race that God has marked out for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person watching today. I pray that you would come and fill their room and their home right now with your very presence. Lord, I thank you that you have given us authority over fears. And I just stand right now in your authority and I speak to every spirit of fear that may be trying to attack people's minds and hearts and emotions. And I say that you must go in the name of Jesus Christ. And I declare that your faith will fill the hearts of those watching today, that your truth will fill our minds and our thoughts and that your love would cover them and surround them right where they're watching from today. Lord, we thank you for your promises. We thank you that we do not have to carry the weight of fear or come under its authority or power, but that we can stand in your victory today and to walk in complete freedom in your peace and with hope for our future. I thank you for your blessing over every person watching today. Let them be overcomers this week. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope you are inspired with this message. For more information about our church and our program, please visit c 3